live and local. This is St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Hey, and welcome back to the Hancock and Kelly Show here on KMOX. With you every Friday, we'll go to 11 o'clock today. We'll, uh, uh, you can always see us on Sunday mornings at 8.30 on Fox 2 here in St. Louis for Hancock and Kelly, the television show. And joining us in studio is Troy Doyle. He's the chief of police for Ferguson. He's had a long uh, career of public service here in St. Louis. Troy, thanks so much for joining us. John and Mike, thank you for having me. Troy, uh, let's talk about how you got involved in policing. When did you start and where'd you wind up? And now you're here, you are in Ferguson, but tell us how you got there. So I give you the quick version. So uh, believe it or not, I grew up in uh, West St. Louis my younger years, um, 5,900 block of Waba to be exact. Um, as I got older, we moved out to uh, North St. Louis County. And as a teenager growing up in North St. Louis County, um, just like many African-American teenagers experienced then, I got stopped all the time by law enforcement, uh, by all the municipalities up in that particular area. Um, in one particular case, I've uh, it got to the point where I got pulled over so many times. Used to be a store called Service Merchandise, if you right? remember. Yeah. I remember it yeah. well. So I called myself figuring, I'm going to get my paycheck. I was working at the pasta house at the time. When I get my paycheck, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to go out and buy me a radar detector. <laughs> I'm going to get this radar detector. And what it's going to do is serve as kind of like an early morning or early warning system. So whenever the police get around me, I just know to go the opposite way. Uh, purchased this radar detector and uh, pulled over on a parking lot. Uh, police pull up uh, behind me, uh, asked me for my driver's license, identification, uh, which I complied. He then surprised me and said, hey, uh, let me see that radar detector. <laughs> I said, okay. So I hands him my radar detector, and he looks at it, and he said, I'll be right back. A short time thereafter, he walks back to my vehicle, and he goes, hey, this radar detector is stolen. I'm like, no, I just purchased it at Merchant. Yeah. Where's the receipt? You know, I'm like 16 years old. Right. I keep the receipt. He's like, well, it's mine now. And it was at that point Whoa. I figured I wow. need to be part of the solution. Wow. wow. And so what'd you do? You went and applied? At, where'd well, you go? Well, I was still young, but I uh, obviously you had interest in it. I eventually went to the uh, St. Charles County Police Academy when I came to age. Um, I graduated from there. It's another funny story if we had time on how I got hired at the Velda We got Police nothing Department. but time. You go right ahead. <laughs> so quick, real quick story about that. Um, so I uh, graduated from St. Charles County Police Academy in 1989. Um, I... It was in blue jeans and a T-shirt. I went to the, it was called Velda Village Police Department at the time. Now, I believe it's Velda City now, real small town. I went in there and told them I was interested in becoming a police officer. Uh, I would say I must have looked fairly young at the time because the uh, individual that was in charge, he goes, well, you got to be at least 21 years of age. And I said, well, I'm 21. I just graduated from the police academy. He go, okay, well, come in here and fill out an application. So I fill out this one-page application. Um... He did whatever he did, and he said, hey, why don't you jump in a car with me? And I said, okay. Uh, he takes me down to City Hall, introduces me to the mayor, tells the mayor this young man wants to be a police officer. The mayor says, stand right here for a second. I'll be right back. She goes in the back, come back with a gentleman. They ask me to raise my right hand. <laughs> uh, they swear me in. True story. I'm in blue jeans and a T-shirt. <laughs> uh, I get back in the car. He shows me the little 12 streets in town. The guy tells me, uh, I have to go work a secondary job at Children's Hospital. So here's the keys to the police car, police uh, keys to the police station. He handed me a little snug nose, 38 pistol. Um, call me if you need something. So, 
Uh, it's a true story. I wow. went back to the station. This was before cell phones were popular. And I uh, called my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, and I told her, I said, well, I think I'm the police. But I think I just became the police, and that's kind of how my and then, career kind of got started. And then you did several decades at St. Louis County. Yeah, so I uh, left there. I went to Paisdale Police Department, did maybe uh, a little bit over a year at Paisdale. Got hired at St. Louis County Police Department and did uh, close to 31 years for St. Louis County Police. 31 years. So yeah. when did when did the opportunity come up to become the chief of Ferguson? So uh, when I retired from St. Louis County, my intent was to maybe go into consulting or, or do something, you know, just kind of lay back for a while. Um, Ferguson reached out to me, asked me would I be interested uh, consulted with my wife about it, and I'm like, eh, you know, I just did 31 years of this. You know, maybe I just want to sit back. And she knew law enforcement was a passion of mine. Uh, majority of my career was spent up in North County. Ferguson, obviously, is in North County. I eventually called them back and uh, accepted the opportunity to, to be the police chief. Chief Troy Doyle is our guest. He's the chief of the Ferguson Police Department. It was nine years ago in August when Michael Brown uh, died on the streets there in Ferguson. And what has become now a national phenomenon and an angst uh, between much of urban America and police uh, has ensued. And you can really trace all of that back to that one day, August the 9th, 19 or 2014. And uh, you're walking into a, a force there that has been scrutinized. You've had the justice department in there making recommendations. What's your philosophy of policing? You're an African-American leader. You're going into what is really – the ironic thing to me about Ferguson is that it was one of the most integrated communities in this county. Right. Uh, and then they went through that. What's your philosophy of policing walking into that? So, you know, again, um, as you know my story now, I mean, I understand the historical uh, things that uh, – why African-Americans yeah. uh, don't – trust law enforcement. I was one of those individuals. I, I was harassed. I was stopped. However, I do believe in fair and equitable uh, enforcement. I've been on both sides of it now. Uh, I truly believe that we can treat people in a fair and equitable manner, but also hold people accountable. Yeah. And I, I think that's really important. One of the things I've noticed is, is that being on the police officer side of the equation you're under a lot of stress there in in how you interact with the community. You're susceptible to being charged with any manner of things. Uh, how do you instruct your force there in Ferguson to on on the proper way to interact with the community? I, I mean, it's simple. It's the same things that our moms and our grandmamas taught us, right? You treat people the way you want to be treated, or you want them to treat your relatives, and that's my philosophy towards my officers. Uh, Again, we know that one interaction can uh, just cause us a bunch of headaches and can turn people off. So uh, I tell my officers, this is the one chance that you get to try to make an impact in people's lives, especially a positive one. Chief, it's obvious, uh, it's well documented our region is dealing with a crime crisis. And for that matter, most cities across the country are dealing with crime uh, to the proportions we hadn't seen in quite some time. Here you are, the police chief of Ferguson, Missouri, ground zero for police reform. Yet over the last several months, we've seen that you have started to bring back some of the uh, enforcement of laws that many people said were problematic, but a lot of people point to that that's the problem. Uh, temp tags, for instance. Talk to us about why you believe that going and enforcing this kind of thing 
starts to maybe put the genie back into the bottle to the crime problem we have. Right. So that's, that's a good question. So uh, when I became uh, police chief in Ferguson, I expected to walk through the door and was thinking that people were going to hit me with, hey, what are you going to do about robberies and burglaries and homicides and, and you know, all the part one crimes that we think about. Uh, when I came through the door, you know what people talk to me about? How are you going to force the speeding vehicles in our neighborhood? How are you going to let the elderly be able to walk in the evening times without the fear of being hit by a vehicle? How can our grandkids play out in the street without being struck by a vehicle? What are you guys doing about all the expired temporary tags in our city? The people who are driving cars with Illinois plates, that are not registering their vehicle. These were all the quality of life issues and, and minor things that that the community cared about, you know. So it's like, hey. As a police chief, it's part of my job is to listen to the community, and that's why we move forward with this. It's kind of the broken windows approach that if you can show enforcement at the lower levels that it may scare crime away. If Well, not only that, I mean, but over the years, think about it. Uh, People always accuse police chiefs of saying, hey, you guys just do what you want to do. You never listen to the community. I come to Ferguson, I listen to the community, and this is what the community is complaining about. And the in terms of the Justice Department's order, mm-hmm. uh, are you all now fully compliant with that? Are you out from under that supervision? No. So um, what you're referring to is a consent decree. You're right. Uh, obviously, you know, City of Ferguson was sued uh, by the Department of Justice um, for racial discrimination. Uh, that is an ongoing process. Uh, we work with the with the DOJ um, to try to come into compliance. Um, you know, we're working on different policies and procedures. It's just an ongoing process until we come into compliance. Yeah, and you've had the benefit of 30 years of seeing the entirety of St. Louis County and the the law enforcement situation. Now you're focused on this one relatively small municipality. Mm-hmm. How would you evaluate the security uh, in the city of Ferguson today? Well, I mean, uh Ferguson's no different from the rest of the region. I mean, you know, Ferguson have their issues uh, and share crime just like everywhere else. However, again, uh, as I was alluding to, we have to get to a point in our not only in the city of Ferguson, but only in our in our region that we have to start enforcing the law. That's the bottom line. You know, my impression, and I could be wrong, mm-hmm. is that the folks that are committing the, the violent crimes, the carjackings, the shootings, the armed robberies, mm-hmm. is a relatively small percentage of the community. Do you have a sense on who those problem people are ahead of time? Or how do you, how do you begin to get at that problem? Yeah, so it's, it's a combination of a number of different things. I mean, we get information from community folks, of course. Uh, our officers gain intelligence information on, on known suspects in our neighborhood. Uh, but I want to tie that into, like, the temporary tags and, and the speeding vehicle stuff. Um, we had an incident that just recently happened in downtown. I think the young man, I, I think, identified it came from St. Anne. Somewhere, somewhere in that process, he had to travel from St. Anne to get to downtown. Vehicles are important when it comes to traffic laws. <laughs> And what about, uh, you know, the regional issues? We've always talked about the fragmentation of 70 different police departments. Of course, the city of St. Louis and you got St. Louis County. Is there cooperation taking place amongst you all? Are you getting some pushback? Because you're being very forward and saying, hey, it's time to change the way we do this. I've uh, realized a long time ago that uh, especially being in a leadership role that you're not going to get everyone to agree with you. Uh, and sometimes it's just part of leadership. I mean, sometimes you got to put yourself out on the island. 
I have to know that when I uh, come up with ideas or, or things that I think is best for the city of Ferguson, knowing that not everyone is going to agree with that. Would a unified police department across the entire region uh, be a solution that St. Louis should be considering, or should we continue down the path that we are currently on? I think that that should be something that should, that we should all talk about and, and what a, a regional uh, approach will look like. I don't know if that's a uniform with all the police departments joining together, or is it a uh, combination of us sharing it and information together? I don't know what that looks like, but, yeah, there should be more cooperation. Chief Troy Doyle of the City of Ferguson Police Department is a great guy, uh, and he's been kind enough to spend some time with us this morning. I think he's doing a great job uh, in that city in North St. Louis County. Thanks so much for your time.